The Local Church, Your Ark in the Flood of Evil by Pastor Dan Gaiman To the glory of God our Father, the exaltation of the Son Jesus Christ, and the effectual work of the Holy Spirit, the local church cannot be left out of the future of God's covenant people. As the flood of perversion seeks to engulf America, what ark are you preparing for your family? Will you shelter your wife and children in an ark of refuge, or allow them to face, without a church, the perilous floodwaters of perverse minds who are in positions of power? Your family would be so much better off sheltered within the culture of a Christ-centered, Bible-based church that holds tenaciously to the tenets of our Western Christian European culture. Do you not want to fight for the infrastructure that God intends, preserving scripture as the authority for truth, and thus preserving gender distinctions, marriage, family, the church community, and Christian culture as the foundation for life and the promise of the future? Can this happen without a local church that meets regularly in the home, if not in an established congregation? Let's look at Matthew 16, verse 13. Almost 2,000 years ago, Jesus asked his disciples a simple yet profound question. This passage separates human opinion from Holy Spirit revealed truth to Peter, also confirmed in the testimony of Jesus Christ. The question Jesus posed is one that every descendant of Adam must answer. When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What cardinal points of truth can we glean from this? Firstly, Apostle Peter is not the rock. Just a short while later, Peter denied his Savior not once, but thrice. Secondly, Jesus Christ is identified as the fulfillment of the messianic prophecies of the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. Jesus was the Christ, the anointed Messiah, the eternal Son of God. Thirdly, as the eternal Son of God, Jesus Christ was the Word that was in the beginning, the Word that was with God, and the Word that God was God, as we read in John 1.1. 1, 1. God the Father stepped out of eternity into time to humble himself as a man, to take on the seed of Abraham by means of the miracle of the virgin birth, to become the Savior of his people, chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Fourth, the deity of Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, incarnate in human flesh, is the chief cornerstone of the church. As God, Jesus is head of the church. What is the church? Let's explore this a bit. Point number one. The church is an assembly of professing believers living in an area local enough that they can regularly, weekly, assemble in Jesus' name for the Sabbath and annual holy days. The ministerial government of the church is properly ordered as one led elder 
or overseer the bishop, other elders, and a minimum of one deacon. Two, the church exists for the preaching and teaching of the word of God, as well as worship, praise, and the administration of ecclesiastical rites and sacraments. Three, the church exists for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ, and the discipline and general welfare of believers. Accountability amongst believers is key to a successful Christian life. The promise by Jesus Christ to the faithful is that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. This is one of the most important statements in Scripture. The very gates of hell cannot prevail against Christ's church. Jesus declared at his final departure from this earth in Matthew 28:18, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And Revelation 1:18 reads, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen and have the keys of hell and death. Please join me in examining how to establish and grow a local church. Since the majority of churches across America are filled with hireling preachers who don't teach the full gospel of the kingdom based on the sole authority of God's holy word, but are multiracial, politically correct, I fully understand why so many people don't participate in a local church. Nearly all the churches shun God's law cannot or will not define sin, and find it difficult to teach even the commandments of God. Since this lesson is directed to those who do have access to a good, Christ-centered, Bible-based local church, allow me to pose a few questions to jumpstart this subject. What does the church mean to you? If you were to write down a mission statement or the primary reason you choose to attend church, what would it be? How much does that church mean to you? Would you suffer in any way if you didn't have a church to attend? Do you want your children to be part of a local church? Do the benefits outweigh the negatives? What losses would you incur if you had no church life? What primary reasons could you list for justifying why you have no church life? Now, you may wonder what my motivation is for writing this article. Fair enough. Thank you for allowing me to share the reasons I believe a church is so important in your life. The family and the church are the two oldest institutions on this earth. Adam and Eve were the first family, and by definition, Matthew 18.20, the first church. In the beginning of the New Testament era, many of the earliest churches were established in single-family homes. Christ is the head of the church and savior of the body. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. From 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3. How do men come under headship? By accepting the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ for his sins, repenting, and putting himself under the authority of the Scripture. The salvation that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ is evidenced by the outward and visible rite of baptism as the seal of that faith. We are joined to Jesus in baptism, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. And he that believeth is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. From Galatians 3.27 and Mark 16.16. 16. The Holy Spirit binds brothers and sisters in one body in Christ. From 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles 
whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink in one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. No member of the body is any more important than another. But now are they many members, but yet one body. Fellow church members should be among the most important relationships you share on this earth. Your family and church hold priority over loyalty over all other unbelievers. Jesus himself addresses this point in Matthew 12, verses 46 through 50. What all happens in the local church? It is where the shepherd of the flock baptizes you under covenant headship of your father at birth, or else as an adult. If you were baptized as an infant, you are to be confirmed into the covenantal vows at your spiritual coming of age. Before the altar at the local church is where the covenant of marriage is entered, with witnesses present. The church is also the gathering place for the annual festivals, especially the Passover communion service. Often the local church is the place where the church family gathers to commemorate the death of a loved one. The church is also where ministers teach God's law, doctrine, genetic heritage, and other truths. The local church administers Holy Communion, the body of Jesus Christ, our bread from heaven, and the blood of Jesus Christ, our cup of salvation. In this rite, we enter union with Christ per John 6, 53-58. The order of confirmation, laying on of hands for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is administered when a young person reaches the age of spiritual and moral accountability and personally takes the covenantal vows that their parents, grandparents, or guardian took on their behalf at baptism. Other rites include the rite of ordination into the ministry, the solemnization of the marriage vows into a lifelong covenant, and finally, the rite of holy unction, anointing of the sick with holy oil. The church exists for exercising your God-given gifts from the Holy Spirit. Three areas of gifts are the seven motivational gifts, the ministry gifts, and manifestation gifts. Allow me to identify the seven motivational gifts found in Romans 12. Remember that the church is analogous to the human body, because the seven motivational gifts follow this pattern. They are all equal in their importance. None is greater or lesser than the other. Every person is born with one of these gifts as their primary motivational gift, which is awakened when a person becomes a Christian. The goal is to reach for maturity and bring all seven of these gifts to fruition in your life. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and other passages refer to these gifts. They include perceiver, the eyes of the church, the server, the hands of the church, the teacher, the fact checker, researcher, and general brains of the church, the exhorter, the encourager and mouthpiece of the church, givers, the pockets and generous donors in the church, Administrators, the shoulders of the church who organize and see the workload of the church, and the gift of mercy, those with extra doses of compassion and empathy for the suffering members. Another strong motivation for belonging to a local church is accountability for your lifestyle and moral standards. You cannot live in flagrant disregard of scripture and remain a part of a church family. Every member must be accountable for and attuned to church discipline. Sadly, this one factor is precisely why so many prefer to refrain from joining a congregation. Every local church is responsible for discipline in the church body. Discipline that must be with the intent to restore to repentance rather than for the purpose of condemnation. Another duty of the church is instructing the congregation in the four cornerstones of Bible truth. These four pillars are 
covenants, law, doctrine, and heritage. The full counsel of God's word, sola scriptura, is the responsibility of the pulpit. Children are not born with the knowledge of these cornerstones, so they must be taught repeatedly to every generation. Without the teaching of God's law, how can one define sin or establish a sinner's guilt? Over and over again, people fail to repent, confess their sins, and then flee to Christ as the only remedy for those sins. The entire Bible is built upon these four columns or cornerstones. They are essential for understanding the truth of God. The Law and Prophets plus the Psalms provide a filter through which we interpret the New Testament. The Epistles are the primary biblical source that instructs us in the Apostles' Doctrine, which itself is established upon the rock-solid teaching of Jesus Christ. Heritage is a cornerstone whose drum we must continually beat, for this battle is enormous and has heartbreaking consequences. Every generation needs all these cornerstones reinforced repeatedly in the homes. So parents have an enormous duty to teach these four cornerstones to their children. Heritage is crucial because one mess up destroys centuries and generations of remaining faithful to marrying and conceiving children within one's own race. This elect, chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, came before Israel. These are the people that the Bible was written to, for, and about. It is for these sheep people that Jesus Christ, our great shepherd, shed his blood and came to save us. The church is the primary place where Christian fellowship occurs. We encourage congregants to associate with and uplift their brothers and sisters in Christ on a regular basis. These are your kindred who share your biblical worldview and approximate lifestyle. Regular fellowship is crucial to help your children remain involved in and faithful to a local church community as well as faithful to God's moral standards. Finally, but by no means least, another motivation for belonging to a church is for aid and comfort in times of suffering and distress. Who's on your prayer team? Who comes to your aid when you have a crisis? Congregants usually are wonderful about empathizing with those in need and under tribulation, especially when this suffering comes through no particular fault of the person involved. For those who will lead and be a part of establishing an ark during the flood of evil that threatens to engulf us, please try to cultivate the character qualities necessary for growing in your own spiritual maturity in a church body. We must pray for the grace of God to employ the gifts of the Spirit. In short, three general qualities necessary for establishing a local church that meets biblical standards are these. Number one, commitment with sacrifice. Number two, visionary zeal with enduring faith, and number three, perseverance. These character qualities enabled Abraham and Sarah, the foundation stock for our covenant people, to endure as our eternal examples in Isaiah 51 verses 1 and 2. May you be blessed in every way as you either build an ark or gather with a local church that already is established. We are in a season of history very much like which we faced in Noah and his family's time. The flood engulfed those who are not inside the ark. Learn from those lost souls. Enter the ark now while you still can, and increase your chances of escaping the flood of evil that increasingly threatens us. Genesis 6 may be a harbinger of what our future holds across America and the West. Pray, stay calm, and hold on. Get inside the ark.